You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a podcast all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Hey, y'all. How's it going? I'm your host, Rebecca Henson. Welcome back to my podcast. I hope you are doing well. I just wanted to do a quick check-in with y'all and see how things are going. How you feeling? How's life treating you? Are you feeling super stressed? Feeling good? Feeling bad? Ups and downs, ebbs and flows. I definitely am feeling that. Each week for me is kind of different. Um, some weeks I'm really high and uh, lately it's, you know, back and forth. There are some days that just feel better than others. Um, but trying to be in control of that and control of my stress level and fear and happiness is one of my, you know, main uh, goals. And it's certainly something that I am actively trying and working on. And, um, and I think that's important for us at this time because we can't just sit in fear um, of what the future holds, you know. I mean, it's, it's not a good place to be. I, when we look at the collective in the world, it is overwhelming. There are riots everywhere. People are unhappy. People are unsettled. People are unnerved in all different directions. And some are nervous about catching the virus. Uh, people are unnerved for government and, uh, you know, the possible oppression that could be happening and wherever you are, uh, country or state. Um, and I think that that can, I know that can take a toll on all of us, right? And it's hard to disconnect from that. It's hard to completely, you know, unplug because the only way to really do that would be to go off the grid and like live in the woods. And if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're not. So uh, it it becomes a, a mission for us, you know, to to try and look at things in a different light and and like I said actively try to stay balanced because that really is the only way um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't get upset about the way things are going because I think we should otherwise things will not move in a direction we want it to um, and you can take that how you want I'm not gonna get too much into it or or what exactly I believe in politically or you know, with the virus or anything like that. But ultimately, I do think that that's uh, the best way for us to approach it at this point. I am not one who's going to live in fear. I'm not fearful in general. I, I'm i not a fearful person. Let's just say that too. Um, that's not to say I don't take things seriously, but I know personally and uh, anecdotally and also from research that I have spent years looking into, um, it's certainly proven that chronic stress and chronic fear suppresses our immune system. So, you know, I think trying to maintain it as much as we can and not live in fear and be stressed out uh, is only going to improve our chances of not getting any illness, right? So, um, yeah. I have been going back and forth with a friend of mine recently uh, trying to help her, you know, view things in a different way because I think 
uh, she has been living in, in a lot of, a lot of fear and it's debilitating and, you know, we just can't, it's been months and months and things are looking better and we know a lot more. And I think that, you know, going forward, if you know, you're being conscious, but to, to not see your loved ones and things like that is, is extreme and it's unhealthy and it's going to cause more mental health issues in this country and the world than I think we can even fathom at this point. I've seen more uh, data and, you know, theories and all these things coming out of the amount of suicides and the amount of depression. Heck, I just heard a story about a nursing home that literally several of the patients who were in the nursing home died of loneliness. They literally died of loneliness. And this is not a a new thing. We've heard of this... You've heard of this often in nursing homes or, you know, when a loved one passes away or a spouse passes away and the other one dies within, you know, a month or whatever because they're lonely and they're, you can literally die of a broken heart. Now, I would certainly rather, you know, my odds be that I get any kind of illness rather than die of a broken heart or loneliness. Uh, yeah, I would take anything else over that. How sad. So just remember that you have more control than you think you do or that the powers that be want you to believe over all things, really. You know, I know we feel like we're out of control and uh, the world's out of control. And and to some extent, it, it, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's not because it's it's impossible to look at, at the headlines and look at the news and look at on all different sides that it is crazy out there, you know, and all we can try is our best and work locally, you know, with our local governments and, um, and with our peers in our, our social circles, you know, trying to make the best of our, uh, the situation and, and, you know, being hopefully a, a positive light, um, and giving off positive energy I think that can shift shift things um in a direction that we all would prefer at this point so um just remember that you know you have more control than you think you do and we should be looking more at the positive um you know with this whole virus in general you know uh the stats don't look as bad as we projected and I think it's kind of like trying to to do the whole uh, glass half empty half full kind of thing you know um but again if you watch uh the mainstream media it is not that because that's not what sells and um fear it 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 helps um it sells more it gets people to come back you know when they're afraid and it does make people more easily uh controlled so remember that remember those things and you know send out some peace and love um so with that, I'm excited about today's podcast. Um, I actually, uh, my guest today, we recorded twice um, because the first time the audio was totally messed up. This is the <laughs> unhappy and not fun part of remote podcasting that still kind of makes my heart hurt because I love chatting in person. But you know what? I would rather chat you know, via Zoom, which is not ideal, rather than not chat at all. So 
there's that connection. Even if we're not in person, it was still amazing to talk to her. So my guest today is uh, Charlotte Faith. She is, uh, she and I connected on social media, like a lot of awesome people that I've had on here and definitely the plus side of social media and Instagram. And she has an amazing story. She is a type one diabetic. She has been since she was very young, uh, 14 years old, and she is now thriving on plants and lots of carbs. (laughs) So we talk about her experience becoming a type one diabetic and at such an early age and how that affected her and mental state, physical state, all of these things. Uh, we also, of course, talk in, talk about what she felt like she was supposed to be eating, what the doctors were telling her she needed to be eating and how she discovered that she could actually thrive eating a whole food plant-based diet and actually help her type one diabetes and require her to take less insulin. So we get into all of these things. We also talk about her experience having some major hormonal issues. Her hair was falling out. She had weight fluctuations. She lost her period for seven years, was put on hormone replacement therapy. So she was already dealing with type 1 diabetes at this time and then had that happen to her. So we get into all these things. Um, we talk a lot about just in general, the food industry and medical industry, um, and, you know, shifting our thoughts, um, and learning new things and how powerful food and nutrition is for our health. So we had a really great chat. Uh, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love her. She is absolutely the sweetest thing ever. And, has gone through a lot. I mean, her story is absolutely uh, inspiring and can give us all hope that we too can heal and we too can thrive. And the way to do it is with plants. So without further ado, here is my interview with the lovely Charlotte Faith. Hi, Charlotte. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on again. We were just chatting before I hit record that uh, you and I have actually done this again before, and we're doing it again because the audio was terrible on my end for some reason. So, but luckily we can, we were able to schedule it, and that was just a dress rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, you know, technology is. Uh often our friend, but sometimes our foe. Oh, a hundred percent my foe lately. (laughs) Not really my friend anymore. Um, yeah, it seems to always be messing up and podcasting is just, it's just a a strange, a strange, uh, world. And even though I've been doing it for like a year now, it's still, I'm still learning. I'm still dealing with drama of, of, uh, of technology, I guess. So, but yeah, Yeah. but we're, (laughs) We're here, we're doing it again, and we're going to, it's going to be even better in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so how have you, how have you been since we last spoke? I mean, pretty good. Been, yeah, been good. Still just living that quarantine life. I'm not sure about your area, but we're still um, up here in Maryland. We're still on 
a pretty strict mm. lockdown. Um, parks are still closed and wow. yeah, we're required mm. to wear a mask in store. You're not allowed in without one by like wow. state law. So it's still, you know, waiting it out, hoping that things start to shift here soon, just mm-hmm. because I, you know, we live in an apartment, so we don't have a yard or anything. Right. It is right. tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're nature people. Yeah. And all the parks are closed. So you, what, you can go walk on the sidewalk. That's not fun. <laughs> right. I mean, we, and we haven't been able to do that. We have a little dog. Yeah. So yeah you got to take outside, but, uh, right. you know, it's not the same as just having yeah. your feet in the grass. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I am, I am very grateful that we are in South Carolina. You know, we, we had wanted to move to California and, um, I'm just thankful that we didn't do that before this all started because we would really be losing it. You know, it's really crazy out there. And, um, I have some friends that live out there who have shared videos or shared what's going on. And I feel like they're just not talking about it in the media very much about what really is going on there. I mean, there's like protests and I mean, people are really, they're upset now. Like it's, they're like, okay, we're done with this. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was telling someone the other day that, you know, uh, it seems I've, I just don't see much about the virus in the news anymore. Do you think mm. that's because it's getting better? And the person's response was, no, it's just because America's bored with it. And <sighs> I, I'll say in the regards to the way that we do news turnover, you know, things hit the media. Yeah so fast and so dramatic and then it vanishes right right maybe i don't know i mean it's true about a lot of things it right goes and goes so quick well it seems you know from what what my husband and i because my husband is really into following what's going on and on and on different channels because i really think that mainstream media is not the best source (laughs) um but there's a lot of political stuff going on at this point, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. I think that it's naive for, you know, you, people can get attacked because they, and I'm not saying which way, what I believe in, but if you go against whatever the narrative is and it's like, well, since the beginning of time, people always, there will always be people who are trying to manipulate a situation in their, to their advantage. Right. I mean, so that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, that, that would be naive to think that that's not possible, that there aren't people political, you know, politicians or corporations or whatever who see an opportunity to use this, you know, to benefit them. So I don't know. It's it's overwhelming. You definitely have to do your own research and seek out many different news sources because Mm -hmm. it is hard to find stuff that hasn't been tweaked to the way someone wants to present it. Totally. So um, it's hard. We have access to a lot of news and a lot of fake news. Yeah. So, and it gets it, so confusing and disheartening. And I think people just are like, whatever. Like, there's in the medical world too. I yes. Mean, like, you know, things you see of people saying, oh, if you, I don't know, it could be as simple as put this face mask on right. and have clear skin. It's like, do not put that on your face. Like, <laughs> no, that is not going to help your skin. I'll put I know. Your skin. I know. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely in the medical world. And I mean, as you know, just as well as I do, as far as diets and things go, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like. I know. Yeah. 
I mean, you can find anything to confirm your own bias, right? I mean, if you want, if you believe that bacon is healthy for you, I'm sure you can find some study that was funded by that industry that oh, says, yes, bacon yeah. is going to cure all your ailments. <laughs> I know. It's definitely, uh, definitely been, been done. And there's some people who firmly believe that they still need to drink cow's milk. And I it's know. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and like, yeah, for, for you and me, I'm sure it's like, I'm just blown away by it. Like how in 2020 are you still believing, I believe in that, but I mean, you know, we're all on our own journey and it we does are. take some of us longer to get here. And some of us may never, some people may never get to this point, you know, but um, I recently had a family member who's been having all kinds of digestive problems and they have come to me. It's been like a year and they keep coming to me sporadically. And, and I tell them, you know, recommendations, they never do them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, wouldn't you at some point get desperate enough to at least try, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't have to say that you're going to do it forever, but just do it for a week. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But and the amount of messages I get through Instagram, people asking, how do you do this? Or, you know, mm-hmm. and it's simple and there's a lot of people who get to a point and I have been there. I'm not totally. saying that, you know, I granted hit it maybe earlier than some people did in their lifetime, but I've been there where someone said, well, you know, if you would just try not eating, you know, yogurt and not mm-hmm. that I ever really drank milk as a kid. We just, honestly, I grew up on live stream, but uh, <laughs> I just used to say, oh, it's just too hard to like give up cheeses. Yeah. Like I just can't. And you really have to get to a point in your own life where you, you're ready to make a commitment. I think that's a big thing with holistic healing in general. Mm-hmm. It's not a pill. It's not that easy. You have to listen and learn from your doctors or your health coaches or whatever. And then you have to do a lot of the work on your own. Exactly. You know, but yeah. once you get there and you feel good, it's not hard. You know what I mean? Right. Like people yeah. go, how can you do it? It's so hard. I'm like, not really. I yeah. enjoy all of my food to like the fullest. I never, ever feel deprived. Same, same. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just about taking responsibility, you know? And, and mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, I totally get it. Like a pill sounds so simple, but in reality, that is not how it works ever. You know, that's not right. how it works. You know, it can be a temporary thing. I do think that modern medicine is great for certain illnesses or for certain time periods, but long-term it is not the answer, you know? Right. I um, mean, it's great for emergencies. It yes. saves lives, but yeah. chronic illness is a whole nother book. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole nother thing. I mean, if you really want to heal your body long-term, I mean, it's going to be, it's, you're going to have to do a little something. <laughs> yeah. And take, take the patience and be consistent. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, your story is quite interesting as I already know it now since we've already talked about it. Um, but I would love to hear it again, obviously. And I know everybody else would, but you have type one diabetes yes. and tell me, tell us a little bit about, you know, when you were diagnosed, like what happened, you know, how old you were, all those, all the, the details. Yeah. So um, I know that if there's anybody who's listening, <clears throat> There are, you know, diabetes is a very common term we hear. There's a lot of different forms of diabetes. There's uh, type 
type one, which is the kind I have. There's type two. There's uh, pre-diabetes, uh, you know, uh, pre gestational diabetes, mm -hmm. and even now there's 1.5. I am not a uh, master at all of these. I really have <laughs> only mastered my own, which right. is type one. Right. And um, it used to be called juvenile because mm -hmm. of how you're diagnosed, usually in the early stages of life, anywhere from infancy up until your late teens. But throughout the last, I'd say, Again, I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's definitely kind of coined now as type 1 because there's people who get diagnosed anywhere from their 20s and even in their 30s, you mm -hmm. can get diagnosed with type 1. So it's mm -hmm. changed. The disease seems to be evolving. Wow, yeah, um, yeah. But so the way I got diagnosed is I lived a pretty normal childhood. I grew up on... Um, you know, Eggo waffles. <laughs> Me too. I ate my can of green beans at dinner with, you know, the meal my mom would make. We did eat at home a lot, mm -hmm. but we definitely ate a pretty standard American healthy diet. standard American yeah. diet, right? Like right. healthy, right. but standard yeah, American. yeah, more um, home, more home cooking, but it was still. You yeah, know, meat I mean, and cheese and dairy. Absolutely, yeah, like grilled yeah. cheeses with you know barbecue tomato chips was like right. whatever. Yeah. So, um, but um, I wasn't totally naive to the health and wellness world, which I think is important to point out because my mom had always really been interested, even in like the early '80s, Ooh. and then throughout uh, you know like the late '90s early, early 2000s, she started learning about gluten, working with a holistic doctor. So I would go with her to these appointments, you know, to mm. her, get her acupuncture done and all these things. And I was aware people at that time, she was still kind of an oddball, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing? we used to have to drive an hour to the health food store for her to get her weird bread. And, <laughs> you know, uh, it was something that we knew she was doing and she would of, of course, encourage um, me and, you know, my siblings, but no one really was kind of doing the gluten-free thing. Right. We, we knew it. We would eat it sometimes, but, like, that wasn't our choice. At this point, I was already in my early teens, and I was not about to mm. change up my Eggo waffles for, like, some spelt waffle. So, <laughs> anyway, um, I was always quite lean and slender, in that's just kind of everybody in our family was mm -hmm. like that and then uh when i turned 14 i was still eating a ton of food almost unbelievable for my body frame and mm -hmm. just you know eating so much i was also experiencing leg cramps and i i mean so excruciatingly painful in the middle of the night and I would tell my mom and she said, Oh, they're just growing pains. I'm like, mom, you don't understand. It is, I would cry out. It was Aww. that painful of these yeah. kind of like a Charlie horse in your leg. Yeah. And it comes from your, your body's extremely dehydrated. So mm. you're drinking lots of water. And these were all things that just, you know, being in your early teens, you know, I just turned 14, all these things. I was slender and kind of emotional. And then it was actually, I think more towards 
it was it was around Mother's Day in May, and I um, had had these plans to go to a horse show and all this stuff, just continuing to live my life. I never felt like anything was wrong. There wasn't any kind of sudden sickness, but Mm -hmm. my mom was uh, laying in bed one night and she was just praying a little bit worried because there were a couple of my friend's moms who had mentioned my energy seemed Mm -hmm. a bit lower than some of the other girls. You know, we'd be all like at the barn and I would get tuckered out the fastest or mm. they noticed like, wow, she, she eats a lot. She mm. is so thin. Mm. And my mom, we always just kind of played off like, oh, that's just my body type. Yeah. And um, so anyway, she was laying in bed one night and she was just praying and God told her, which isn't a shock to us. We were used to God talking to my mom and um, uh-huh. he told her that she, that I had, type one diabetes. And, mm-hmm. you know, she woke up the next morning and she had told my stepdad this and he goes, Oh, you better be wrong. Like, why would you say that about your child? You know, like, don't, don't even put that out there. And she's don't like, jinx it. Yeah. Right. And he's, <laughs> she's like, I don't want to, I'm just telling you that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. And I know that's what it is. So she, you know, like kind of gently told me like, Hey, we're going to, go to the doctor today for a checkup. And I was also terrified of needles and hated going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I just remember having a fit because she canceled my horse show plans, all this stuff. And we went to the doctor that Friday and sure enough, uh, my blood sugars, my fasting blood sugars were over 600, which is way higher than they're supposed to be. Um, I think an average person probably doesn't hit over 120. <laughs> so they yeah. immediately sent me to the emergency room and hooked me up on all these IVs. And I was in there for about a week. And then that was, that was it. And then it started the whole learning process of, you know, what comes along with getting diagnosed. And it's right. so overwhelming. But and for, I for, say, for a kid, you know, I mean, well, yeah. And, and not super young, you know, I definitely was, I know, but 14 it. though, it's still like, yeah. Oh, know. it is. Yeah. But, um, I, I remember when we left the pediatrician, like on our way to the emergency room, I yeah. still kind of felt, you know, you feel, I felt fine. I was like, well, what, what does this mean? And I, mm-hmm. I knew enough to where I thought, okay, I'll like what prick my finger every once in a while, like big whoop. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and they bring out the needles and the syringes and the vials. And they're like, all right, like you're hungry. This is what you got to do. And it was just, it was hard. You know, you can't put anything in your mouth without doing a calculation mm-hmm. to figure out how much insulin you need. And you have to know that if you give too much, that can kill you. If you give too little, that can kill you. Wow. And it sounds dramatic, but that is the truth of it. That's type one. And there's no cure for it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say ever because I really do have hope that in my lifetime it might be cured. But yeah. right now it's a 24-7, 365 job, no day off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And as a, I mean, as a kid, you know, grasping that 
the mm-hmm. the severity of it obviously would be difficult. I mean, you know, somebody the doctors could tell you, oh, well, this is what you have to do, and you're like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. Right, and <laughs> and I had also known enough of my own life before to all of a sudden be changed, and uh, you know, I think too that kind of going into the nutrition aspect of it, um, they tell you at the beginning, you can eat whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was not that it was good news, but it was something that I understand why they do it. You're, you're so overwhelmed and you think, okay, like all of a sudden now they're like, you have to eat broccoli. That's all you can eat is like broccoli (laughs) and boiled chicken. I would have been a a wreck, you know, but they said, no, 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 you can eat whatever you want as long as you give insulin. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, at least I still have, you know, my food. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, the problem is it's really not true. You should not eat whatever you have been eating. Not that my food gave me diabetes because it didn't. Right. So just a little science on it. Um, basically what happens is from their understanding is the body attacks the insulin producing beta cells that your pancreas puts out. Mm-hmm. And this is what causes the diagnosis of an autoimmune condition and you're unable to produce insulin, which is a hormone that regulates your blood sugar. So your pancreas produces a hormone called, you know, mm-hmm. insulin, and that is what regulates your blood sugar. Right. Um, so basically over time, I, you, I don't want to get too much into it because there's sometimes this thing called like a honeymoon phase where your body mm. actually does start producing a little bit of insulin. Oh, wild. And then it goes out. But this is when you're very first diagnosed, you know, and that's why it's really hard to figure out how much insulin you need for each meal. Right. But, um, yeah. It, 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 you ended up though, you know, they say over time, like your body kind of goes through honeymoon phase like, oh, it's still maybe working a little bit. Mm. And then after a while, it's like, it just totally kind of turns itself off and Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, well, it's up to you now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, type one obviously is not reversible, but type two is, and that's what, you know, is even more of an epidemic. Um, and obviously all of these things are uh, any type of illnesses is increased or are increasing, um, at a staggering rate, but yeah, type two is, is a completely a lifestyle disease. And then type one, and is, you know, you're right. just, and that's where a lot of people get confused. Cause we're like, Oh, like my uncle has diabetes. I'm like, well, right. I know. I'm like, well, what type? Yeah. I always ask. Cause I'm like type one or type two. And then when they say type two, I'm like, Oh, I know. Cause type two is, is caused by insulin resistance. And that just means you're overburdening your body with basically you're eating too much fat and um with fat usually comes the sugar and it's like processed food lots of mm-hmm. you know i don't know for example if you think of a hamburger it's like it's got a lot of fat it's got a lot of carbs because you got bread mm-hmm. and not only the fat from within the beef but also like cheese and the mayo and like whatever everything else goes along with that and then if you're eating chips and a coke with it oh. you are oh. just asking <laughs> For type 2 diabetes, you're overburdening your body, causing insulin resistance. And what happens is like your pancreas is putting out the insulin and it cannot get absorbed into the cells because you've overburdened it with all Mm -hmm. of 
all that fat. Yeah, it can't. It's like the lock and the key uh, um, analogy or whatever that, right, that right. they talk about. Um, yeah, I know. I know quite. I know more people now that have type two, and you know, it's one of those things that like that doesn't run in my family. Type two, like this, it's totally a new thing that mm-hmm. people are are um, are getting more often. Um, I know. One thing that's hard to hear is you saying about running in your family is a lot of people go, oh, well, type 2 diabetes runs in my family. (laughs) Well, it's because you guys are all probably eating the same food. Exactly. It's not that it's hereditary. It's not. Exactly. Even exactly. obesity isn't hereditary. I know. Why that's become a thing all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. It's because y'all have the same lifestyle, you know, like you yeah. grow your, your grandparents cook all these, you know, have the, all these recipes that they cook and then they get passed down and you're all eating the same food. So, you know, let's say that you do have, you know, they, they say about 10 to 12% is genetic, right? So maybe you do, you are predisposed to heart disease or type yeah. two by diabetes or whatever. Then if you're going to continue, if each one of you in your ma- family is going to continue to eat that same certain way, then chances are you're all going to get it, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think out of, there's only out of the, uh, I think I wrote this down in my notes somewhere out of, there's like 42 million cases of diabetes and only 10% of them are type one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So much. And it is still odd though, that it type one is becoming, even though the fact that it is becoming more prevalent, it, you kind of, unfortunately you start to get a little worried. You're like, Whoa, what's in the food we're eating as pregnant women. That's maybe changing something in the baby when it's being developed. I mean, it's like you, you know, is it in the water? <laughs> totally. I mean, it's all the, it's, it's so many different factors. I think, you know, when we look at all types of autoimmune diseases that have been increasing since the eighties and the nineties, it's like what we are doing as a society is obviously contributing to, you know, the health of, of our citizens. Right. I mean, there's no possible, I mean, how can you not believe that it, that it's not, you know, like whether it's through, you know, all these different vaccines and I'm not saying I'm anti-vaccine, but when you look at the amount of vaccines that like our parents had, I, the stat, the statistic for that is that I think it's a six month old baby has already had more vaccines than our parents. Like that is disturbing. So what the heck is that doing? Right. I mean, glyphosate, the way we grow our food is completely different. Like we just live in a totally different world than like our grandparents or our parents grew up in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of disturbing. (laughs) It is. It's overwhelming. And, you know, that's why even when there are people who are talking with me about food and stuff, I don't, you know, I'm not like what I share is never trying to shame anybody into it. Because again, I was in your shoes. Like I was eating the same thing as you were like no heart feelings here, but, um, you don't have to be scared or right. you know, burdened, but it's just about making that daily effort. And there is definitely, okay. So I guess kind of going back to my story. So I was eating whatever I wanted mm-hmm. and I gained weight very quickly. I went from being, I think I was probably about five foot four mm-hmm. and I weighed around 80, 83 pounds. So very tiny. Very tiny. And I gained weight so quickly. Within a year, I was 
maybe we're talking maybe 14 months or something, I was over 150 pounds. What? So, so I got stretch marks on my thighs. Oh, I gained weight so fast. And partly to, you know, again, I was like turning 15. So like hormones and everything, puberty. So it's to be expected, but definitely was eating whatever I wanted because that's what right. they told me. And my mom kept saying, Charlotte, you've got some like, you sweet potato or something. And I'm like, that's not what they're telling me at the doctor. You know, we're just constantly bantering because she was fighting the doctors and I was right. listening to the doctors, yeah. not my mom. Right. And um, it got to a point where I was, you know, before I got diagnosed, I was unhappy because I was too skinny. And now I gained weight so fast. And now I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm you know, I could see myself getting bigger and I, you know, I knew it. My, none of my mm-hmm. clothes fit all over again before they're too big, uh-huh. they're all too small. Yeah. And I had never been that size before. So I just felt very uncomfortable. And, you know, I finally had gotten to a point where I wanted to make a change for myself, not because my mom was telling me, it didn't matter what the doctor said. I just knew I wanted to feel more comfortable in my own skin. And, you know, I eventually slowly started, I started working with a doctor and I'll actually give him a shout out because he really did. Um, His name is Peter Glidden. Mm -hmm. And I met him through mutual friends of mine who were so, you know, helpful during just learning about diabetes in the beginning. And they were always really supportive, but they kind of put me in contact with him and he really was the first person. And he, I don't even know if he's plant-based or anything. It's been so long, but back right. then he was just teaching me like, you need to eat more whole foods. Like you've got to stop wow. eating processed foods. And I slowly started eating like just oatmeal every morning, you know, yeah. just stuff like that. So I was eating oatmeal every morning. Um, I would try to eat more fruit and I was trying to do sweet potatoes and roasted chicken and started learning how to cook, you know, when I was like 16, really taking that on my own as of making dinner and it was good. And the weight fell off very, very slowly. I never did any kind of like, I was making brownies still, but they'd be like gluten-free, which I've learned that's not really any better for me. (laughs) So I kind of, you know, I was trying and, um, I ended up losing the weight and yeah, I went back to a size that I felt very comfortable in. And then I kind of went through a whole nother slew of problems because when I was 19 or 20, 20, I went on the pill. I went on birth control. Mm -hmm. Oh, how I regret. Oh, I know. Don't we all? I, I did that because my periods were pretty irregular and, you know, it was just, you know, my mom didn't really know any different and Hey, people still go on it and they say, they Oh yeah. So she was like, yep, you should go on it. It'll regulate your period. That's what the OBGYN told me. So I went, I, I was aware, I will say I was very cautious because I had heard stories of girls saying, Oh, that totally, you know, made me like a crazy lady. I don't want want that. So I had to be on like the lowest hormone that they had. Right. 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 
doesn't really mean anything. So <laughs> I was on the pill for, I think, eight months and my period went away. And I thought, what's the point? I thought this was supposed to regulate my period. Now I'm not having one at all. And she goes, oh, the OBGYN told me that's just a side effect, no big deal. And I intuitively said, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I just feel like something in me was like, no, this is not right. You should have a period, which come to find out when you're having a period, if you're on birth control, you're not having it's a not period. even a period. I know. It's not. I know. It's a forced bleed and it's only happening because you're taking a pill. So yeah, yeah I know. You ask your doctor about that because they didn't bring it up until I told them. I was like, hey, wait a second. I'm not even having a period. And they're like, yeah, right. And I was like, why didn't you tell me that for the beginning? I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't even, I mean, that's their default. You know, if you're having irregular periods, they're like, oh, we'll put you on the pill. Everything will be fine. Like they never give you any other options. Like, <laughs> I know. So I went off of it and then I never, never got my period back. And I went through all these, Oof. it was like a year and a half later. And I started losing weight again, like too much weight. And I didn't know what was going on. And then my hair started falling out. I had night sweats, basically going through menopause at the age of 21. Oh. And it was terrible because I just, again, like my confidence was shot and I was at this point I was eating healthy and I thought I'm doing everything right. Like why aren't I getting my period? I was eating, um, low carb paleo, you know, like I mentioned before when I first started out, I was still eating like fruit and sweet potatoes and oatmeal. Well, at this Mm -hmm. point I thought, okay, carbs are bad. You know, if I want to help my diabetes, carbs are bad. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a long time. And I ended up going on, this is again where modern medicine was very helpful. I did go on hormone replacement therapy, which is, I guess, the most natural form you could get at like a compound pharmacy. Right. It's like bioidentical hormones or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I did that for... Gosh, I can't believe it was as long as it had been, but probably two years I was on it. And it, even within the first month, it helped. My weight came right back up. And Mm -hmm. at that point, it was just like damage control of like getting my hair back and Mm -hmm. all these confidence. And and yeah, I mean, and realizing like I wasn't, you know, I was basically depressed and didn't know. And you know, there was also just so much going on in my home life with taking care of my grandmother and uh, just all that comes with family, I guess. And then, um, then I got married, all this stuff. And I somehow came across mastering diabetes those guys they're amazing yeah i saw one of their videos really late at night and (laughs) i think i stayed up until two in the morning just researching plant-based type one i thought what this guy's eating (laughs) as a type one like my doctor tells me to avoid it and Mm -hmm. to eat you know and i was eating all this grass-fed meat and all these healthy healthy fats you know just Mm -hmm. Every day, lots of eggs, lots of Oof. grass-fed butter, the ghee, the whole thing. And uh-huh. um, I was eating some carbs. I know I don't want to say I was doing keto because I wasn't. I would eat like, you know, maybe an apple a day or in like not every day, but just every once in a while. And then I would put like, you know, 
a fourth of a banana in my smoothie or, <laughs> you know, I just like not tiny, a lot, tiny. You know, yeah. lots of berries, lots of berries, which is what everyone's like, Oh, I eat a lot of berries. I'm like, yeah, well, what about all the other fruit? Um, <laughs> I, was never, just, I was never, I would do like butternut squash instead of a sweet potato, you mm. know, like stuff that was lower in carb. Right. Right. And, um, this guy, these guys, both of them were eating like so much fruit and it was everything. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, I want, I miss fruit so much. I really do. Cause I loved carbs and bread mm-hmm. and, um, I gave it, I told my husband, I was like, Hey, I'm, I think I'm gonna go do this vegan thing and not vegan but plant-based because yeah uh, I was like I'll I'll go plant-based for a week and he's like I don't know (laughs) I was like you don't have to do it with me I'll just do it on my own and and not not to mention I had I had toyed with the idea of being a vegetarian Mm. a few years back and because I had never really liked eating meat like Mm. I mentioned I love carbs I was never a big meat eater I just didn't really like it that much. Yes, I kind of ate it because they told me I needed protein. Exactly. Right. right. You need your protein. If you want your period back, you need your protein. I was yeah. like, okay. I uh, <laughs> want to keep your weight up. You need your protein. I was like, okay. So um sure enough, I did it. Everyone, my family members were all like terrified for my health. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you're gonna eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh, I, I can't believe it. it. I know that doesn't seem healthy. I'm like, well, why aren't you saying anything to that one over there who's eating Oreos? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I did it. And sure enough, like a week went by and things got better and things just kept getting better. And wow. now I've, uh, oh, oh, not to mention. So I was on those hormone replacement therapies for about mm-hmm. two years, as I mentioned. I went off them about the same time that I was starting to go plant-based, which was kind of a risk because I thought, what's, if my health changes, is it the plants or is it the fact that I've stopped the hormones? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. um, But I, I was out of it and I was not going to order more. You know, I was like, I just finished the bottle. I'm like, I think I'm just going to do it all at once. And um, sure enough, my, my blood work came back that my hormones were better. They had improved since I stopped. Wow. Uh, the thing. And I was eating plant-based mm-hmm. and then my, my thyroid was getting better. And sure enough, nine months later, I got my period back for the first Woo! time. In seven years, oh my gosh. Incredible. Seven years. Seven years. Holy I went moly. without it. Yes. And so like um, the whole time you were on those bioidentical hormones, you didn't get your period back. No. And that was the point they, of it. What? Right. So, I yeah, mean, it helped your hair and things like that, which obviously is big. Well, but you, never... you know, I, I, it did help my hair and it helped my weight. But right. the point was, and I had done so many, um, maybe like four times where they give you really heavy doses of progesterone. Right. You know, to like kickstart it. And that yeah. never did anything. If anything, it just messed my blood sugars so bad. Because wow. it's insulin resistance. Yeah. does when it's too high, mm-hmm. um, which is what happens on your cycle when you you're getting ready to have it like the week before mm-hmm. I have to use so much more insulin which mm. is crazy how you know that's just like being a female and a type one is like oh my gosh yeah <laughs> but, um, so much going on <laughs> when your hormones change your insulin needs change oh, so wow. if you can keep your hormones balanced and low stress and you know yeah. all those things then 
diabetes management will be pretty good. So um, all those things got better. I got my period. Uh, I was eating so much more fruit. I didn't do it all at once, but slowly integrating it like over six months, just kept eating more and more and more. And now, you know, I'll eat like four bananas in a day if I want. Wow. I eat however much fruit I want. And my blood sugars are amazing. Sorry, my dog. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) He's like, yay. It's true. <laughs> so when you say like, basically like your blood sugars are just more even like throughout the day or. Yeah, they're, yeah. so they're much more stable, stable in yeah. that um, I don't have spikes as much where, you know, most people think if you eat fruit, your blood sugar spikes. And I'm here to tell you as a type one diabetic that wears a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor. So I can see exactly what my blood sugars are doing. Right. They do not spike. They really don't. It, I mean, this the, is the thing that yes. people, yeah, people miss that. Yeah. If you have like a whole glass of, of apple juice, then it probably would. Right. I mean, absolutely. And, and granted for someone like you, who your body is so much more adaptable than people give it credit for. Like you probably, you would spike a little bit, but not the same. Not not much, especially mm-hmm. because you eat a whole foods plant based diet. So right. maybe maybe someone who doesn't, who's eating more processed fat in their diet, they might experience a little insulin resistance. For example, people with PCOS experience mm. insulin resistance. But that is something that can also be cured by food and diet. Oh, yeah. yep. And um, you know, so that's that's why I, I have respect for the doctor that, you know, you know, gave me the hormone replacement therapy, but also all of the holistic doctors that I had worked with and did my own research. For example, you know, no one told me to go plant-based, none of my doctors, not the holistic ones. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that it's the cure-all, but it sure did cure me. <laughs> Same here. Same here. And I had no doctor, no doctor told me anything about diet at all. And I had a digestive disorder, which like, it makes even more sense for someone who has a digestive problem, mm-hmm. you know, even more so than like, you know, PCOS or, or any, um, you know, lupus or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. how is that? That's not even logical, you know? And I literally asked the doctor, like, should I change my diet? Is there any specific diet? And they were like, no, no. I mean, you could try, but it's probably not going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, speaking of that one, when you asked your doctor, even when I was, when I was in my eyes underweight, the doctor, like I saw multiple doctors, you know, I think people think like I even had, um, they couldn't figure out why my period had stopped. I had gone to get, uh, a CT scan on my brain because they thought that I had a pituitary tumor mm. oh, dear. and all this stuff thinking why I wasn't producing, you know, like my hormones just were not functioning. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Functioning. And, um, you know, no one, no one told me. And I, I asked one doctor, I said, do you think I'm underweight? And they said, no, I mean, you're, you're just athletic. <laughs> What's the funny thing is I'm, like, I'm, I'm not athletic. I really don't do much. Um, yeah. You're a, I mean, I'm not saying that riding horses is not athletic, but it's like, I'm not like a basketball and, player or volleyball player. Or I don't well, know. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are it's like gymnasts where you have like a lot of muscle or something. No but, fat. I know. Yeah, and, and, no I, fat I will, running. and I did have very little fat. I'm not saying I didn't, I did, but right. they never told me 
to gain. I mean, they said, sure, like try just eating, you know, more protein. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I did gain weight. I, when I started those hormone replacement therapies, I gained weight and I never got a period back. I did. I put, and that, that was the most frustrating thing is for those years that I was like low carb, my weight was good. It was healthy. And right. I still couldn't get a period back. And I was yeah. like, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, I, when I went plant-based and stuff, I had also, I just knew, I just knew that that was going to be it. You know, there's something wow. in like yeah. in my prayers and stuff. I just felt like I, I remember I watched another video, you know, the medical medium. Oh yeah. 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 So I had seen a video that a girl posted on, cause I was kind of doubting everything I was doing, you know, it was just yeah. like, Four months You're in. Second I was, guessing I, it, like what? Yeah, I was like, should yeah. I really be plant based? Like, could this make my situation worse? It was making my diabetes better, but I thought, oh, what about everything else? Like, what about my right. hormones? Mm-hmm. Is it going to mess up my hormones, or I'm going to lose? You know, am I going to my- be protein deficient? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lose my hair again. My nails going to become brittle. Right. Like all these things that people tell you will happen. I oh, know. And I was just always doing my research, and I found a video a girl had posted on my birthday. Even though it wasn't, oh my gosh! But I took that as a sign. I was like, oh my oh, god! Right. Like yeah. this, this is what I needed to see. <laughs> and she was just talking about how she had, you know, healed from medical medium protocols. Not that I do medical medium protocols, but there's some things that I do implement because I think they're healthy for you. Like yeah. you know, I'm not saying you have to green juice every day. Some people <laughs> think you do, but. I don't do it every day. I do sporadically yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really genuinely enjoy drinking a celery juice if it's a good one. Yeah, I <laughs> but, know. Um, some of them are not as good. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are a little very bitter, but um, I've had, you know, I have good green juices every once in a while. And uh, when I saw that though, it just, it really just gave me like, Oh, okay, this is it. Like mm, I'm yeah. going to be healed. And, um, I did a lot of reading and of course had people, you know, just praying for me, knew that this is something I was working on, not only to help my diabetes management, but also my reproductive system. Not that I want to be a mom yet or ever. I don't know, you know, it's a little too early for me to figure that out, right. but, uh, I just think it's important for, you know, me and you and other people to share that you can heal, you know, you really can, and you don't have to rely on a pill to get it done. A hundred percent. I mean, I think your story and my story, I mean, you know, it's almost like, you know, we have to be out here at least, you know, sharing it with others because, you've been there. I've been there. I've been on the other side and it was horrible, you know, and I watching other listening or reading other people's testimonials or their stories of how they healed is the hope that, you know, we all, that we all need, you know? Absolutely. Um, I have a post that I'm working on and I just want to make sure it's really well written and everything, but about my hair. I mean, Mm -hmm. it, People don't believe me when I say that I lost as much hair as I did because I wore it up. Like I've always been really into beauty and mm-hmm. not like I'm obsessed with body image or anything, not even close. I really, you know, the older you get, the more confident you get to. You just like right. kind of don't care anymore. Right. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, this is what I look like. But um, <laughs> I, 
I would wear my hair up every, every single day. So you really couldn't tell that mm. I had lost hair, but I have pictures. Thank goodness I took a picture of my hair because people just, they're like, oh, what? You like lost a little bit of hair? I'm like, no, 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 no. I really had thin, sparse hair. Mm. And I took a picture right before I had, I could tell that I had such good full growth coming in that in 2018, I chopped it. And I thought, mm. all right. You know, I'm chopping it off. I gave myself a really short bob. Oh, cute. And, yeah, and it, it's grown back so healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just needed to cut off that that dead end of all that poor trauma my body went through. And, yeah, like yeah. not enough nutrients. <laughs> yeah, so now yeah. most people when I've, you know, talked about my hair, they just think of my short little bob. And I'm like, no, there was a time before. Yeah. 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 I had the same thing. And, you know, I talked about this with um, somebody else that was on my podcast about, cause she had also, she'd been anemic and she had lost all of her hair and just like as a female, I mean, I'm sure as a male it's, you know, it is disheartening for anyone to lose their hair, but as a female, like, I mean, you have like, it looks like your hair is like thick or you have a lot of it. So like, and I do too. And it's kind of been my, like, I'm not going to say calling card, but like my thing, you know, has been my hair. So when it started coming out, it was the most disturbing, like depressing. I mean, so emotional. So emotional. Realize how how attached you are to your hair. Oh, absolutely. And I, I still work on it now. I was just thinking about it today, just washing my hair, trying not to be not ever to worry because you know you ever since like when you lose it you're always kind of back like oh gosh I, I hope know. I'm gonna lose my hair again but um I I try not to focus too much on that because your hair isn't everything you know it's no. not like your skin isn't everything it really no. is important on what's the inside but totally. with the inside comes feeding your body the right food and yeah you know the right the right news even like right yeah all the different things you put in yeah and I've found that through all the stuff that I kind of like had to figure out on my own kind of glad I got it out of the way early on (laughs) (laughs) me too now I can just you know be aware and um hopefully just you know all I want to do is help someone else and that's maybe stressed about it or whatever and just let them know that like you can heal and you can feel really good every day not saying that I don't still every once in a while have high blood sugars right you know human and a girl so hormones are kind of all over the place but um, (laughs) I mean they're not all over the place they're good they're good yeah but there is a lot of fluctuation I mean that's the thing that people yeah I mean when you have your period your your hormones fluctuate and uh so that's one thing I'm still (laughs) kind of figuring out because I haven't had it in so long so uh, (laughs) remembering like okay my period's coming I gotta get more insulin this week and then that week and you know even if you um even if you go on a roller coaster, your blood sugars <laughs> spike because your cortisol. Oh yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that fluctuate your blood sugars. But if you, um, you know, the whole food, plant based diet, and I don't like using the word low fat because it sounds diet culture, and I am right. not about that. And I think if you don't have diabetes, especially type one. I would not really worry about your fat consumption. Like if you're right. eating whole foods, eat as much avocado as you want, eat as right. much peanut butter as you want, like whatever. Right. But for type ones, 
you just have to know that if you indulge in a lot of high fat whole foods, you will become more insulin resistant, which Mm -hmm. is okay, but you just need to know you're going to need more. So for me, I don't eat a lot of processed vegan food, hardly ever, but um, even if I were to eat, you know, like a homemade, um, uh, like a homemade butterfinger that had a lot of peanut butter in it, I just have to know that I'm going to have to give a little bit more insulin for that because of all the fat. Even though it's healthy fat, it's still going to cause some insulin resistance because you're mixing it with, you know, carbohydrates and yeah. sugar. Right. So even if it's healthy sugar, it still counts. But when I eat a smoothie bowl in the morning, it's filled with like two bananas and a cup of strawberries and spinach. And I put like a handful of cauliflower in there, all the fiber and water and minerals and vitamins in there does not cause an insulin spike. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. So that's why it's just disheartening that the message of that isn't more popular because there's so many people who are avoiding it eating like cheesy eggs oh gosh and thank you and then the the one day that they want to eat like a banana they go oh i can't spikes my blood sugar and it's like yeah but you're missing out on all the vitamins and minerals that fruit and vegetables provide for it. Like we need an abundance of those things and people are really deficient in it these days. Absolutely. And I mean, all of the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the benefits of, of those in a protective manner, you know, protecting Mm -hmm. us from heart disease, protecting us from things down the road. I mean, we, we need all those and yeah, I mean, what the, what the public believes about diabetes right now is, and, and, you know, what kind of, diet is the right one and just the disconnect um is unfortunate i mean yeah it's unfortunate that it's not the popular one <laughs> i know i know but you know it's just like any of these things like it, in most people's minds it is more difficult and in some way it sort of is because of the way of our our society is structured you know like because when you go out to a restaurant a, a, the the typical restaurant in america how many options are you going to have that are whole food, plant-based and mm-hmm. delicious and healthy? None. Most of, most places are not going to have anything. Everything's okay. going to be buttered in cheese and yeah, a really everything. Salad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A salad covered in bacon and like, what you just, oh gosh, this just drives me up the wall. I told my mom about this the other day, but you know, when people post like a picture of their salad and the hashtag is healthy eating and it literally has bacon bits on it and like, chicken and like, yeah. and I'm like, Oh no, not. <laughs> I know. And that's why I, you know, whenever I will talk to someone, they'll, a lot of people who I'm kind of closer with that know that I eat this way and they know that they don't eat that way. They right. go, well, I just, I could never do that. Like that's, I don't know how you do it. And I say, look, just start with your first meal. And if you can make your breakfast, like eating a big bowl of fruit with a tall glass of water, or, you know, if you want your coffee, that's fine. But if you can start with that, like, just think to yourself, hey, you got one meal down. Totally. And and then the next day, like, try the second meal and just do baby Small steps. Small basic, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it, I worked with my um, – when I first got certified as the a holistic nutritionist, one of the, you know, like kind of certified certification qualities that you had to get was like working with a couple different people. So I did use my mom as a guinea pig yes. and 
Um, she, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And she um, was, again, a healthy eater, but uh, she still loves her potato chips. And, mm-hmm. you know, she'll go through, drive through and pick up a French fry. Mm-hmm. And um, she was experiencing high cholesterol. And I put her on a meal plan for 30 days. And her, um, her cholesterol dropped, I think, just over 20 points in less than a month. And it just goes to show you that food, it, it can work so fast, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, in certain cases. Like other things do, yes, take time. Right. You know, if, if I was eating plant-based and I thought, oh, my, my blood sugars are still too crazy and it's only been a week. Right. You have to give it. Right. That's why like I go said, it's not, it's not a magic pill. I mean, right. it's but. It's yeah. consistency. Exactly. Um, and if you can do that, then you really can see changes and healing. And um, yeah, so it's like just, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be that hard. I feel like some people think, oh, I just, I don't know how to cook all those things. I'm like, you know how to open a banana and cut an apple? You're on the, you're on the road. <laughs> <laughs> You've already begun. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing too, is I say for even people who are trying to get into it, look, the fact that you're researching and you're learning and you're asking questions shows that you're already ahead of the game. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're doing good. <laughs> so I just, right. I hate when people get discouraged and just think, Oh, I can't do that. Cause that's not the way I've been eating for all these years. Right. And like, you don't have to, you know, don't think that way. Just, right. just be patient. And- One step at a time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I didn't get here overnight, you know, it was a gradual, yeah. a gradual, um, you know, journey of learning and trying different things and, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so. Yeah. How delicious it all really I is. Know, I know. I mean, and I get so, you know, the, the longer I've been doing this too, I, um, I don't, it's kind of hard sometimes to get like, uh, recipes and people are like, Hey, what do you, I'm like, I just see really simple food. I guess right. it's kind of boring, but <laughs> I, your taste buds really change in things like sweet potato with some walnuts and cinnamon. It tastes so good to me. Like that's, that's it. That's just, Oh yeah. Delicious. Why would you want anything else? I mean, and most people like sweet potatoes too. Like what they do. Yeah. But I think people are like, Oh, oh, sweet potato casserole. I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) I don't need to add anything to it. It just, I don't need brown sugar or. I mean, it's naturally delicious on its own. Like it's, yes. Yeah. And there are definitely ways you can cook it, you know, that make it taste a little bit better, or, you know, like roasting it a certain yeah. way. But, um, for the and like for, part, for, um, you know, like holidays and stuff. Sure. Like you can make a sweet potato casserole in a healthier way. I mean, you don't have yeah. to add sugar. I mean, you could add, you know, some soy milk or something to make it more creamy. I don't know. You know, there's different ways, but. hundred percent. This last Thanksgiving, since I had been you know, plant-based at that point for, I guess, 11 months, which is just crazy that time went by that fast. But, um, I, all the sides that I brought were all plant-based and yeah. like the mashed potatoes I made with cashew milk and mm. nobody knew the difference. Right. Everyone thought like there were none left over at the end of dinner. <laughs> and, um, like you don't need, you'd be surprised. You don't need heavy cream and butter to make I know. things taste good. And now it's, it's so much easier than ever before too. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, there's so know. much information right at the oh, fingertips. Yeah. I mean, this past weekend I had a friend visiting me and, um, and he is, 
obviously not plant-based. <laughs> um, but he was trying, he was like, I really want you to make me dinner. And like, um, so I Googled, I was like, well, okay, so what is your favorite like meal? Like what's your favorite thing mm-hmm. ever? And he said, spaghetti carbonara or carbonara, however you say it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I just, I've never made that before, but I Googled and just put the word vegan behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had like the most, it was, you know, nutritional yeast and there were some cashews in it. And I mean, it was, it was amazing mushrooms and, yeah. and everything. And it's so funny because we, we were just saying last night at our, at the dinner table, my husband, because he's now, um, you know, before he was not on board with this, right. but <laughs> over time, he's, he's vegetarian. He still enjoys eating, you know, we try to find the best eggs. My mom actually has chickens um, and, you know, those are the, the best eggs, even though I don't eat eggs anymore, they right. are the best eggs. They're yeah. so creamy and healthy because- they're, they're the happy chickens. I mean, yeah, they're her pets. I'm not yeah. kidding you when she brings these chickens inside. Like, oh. they're, they're her pets. Oh, so, um, they're, uh, yeah, their eggs are great because they eat worms because that's what they eat what they should eat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're never in a cage or. I mean, it's just the same stuff. thing. Like, their diet, they're eating what they naturally should be eating, just the same as us. Like, and then what yeah. happens? They're healthier. <laughs> exactly. Everything yeah. functions better. So, yeah. Um, with that though, so he still eats eggs, but last night we were sitting at the table and we just had the same conversation that everyone does. I'm like, so what do you want this week? And he's like, mm, I think some Chinese food or this or that. And it's like, okay. So at this point we literally have recipes for anything that we Don't. crave. Like I just made a, um, these homemade biscuits that are made with mm. uh, spelt flour and <gasps> rice flour. And they are so good. So like biscuits and I can make mashed potatoes and then like plant-based gravy and like things like that that are all whole foods and healthy I make a taco night that's made with lentils you know for the Chinese food we do our you know jasmine rice I make a sauce out of tamari with uh, ginger like very simple dishes but something that fits the bill for like a pizza night a taco night like we have we eat the same kind of style that we've grown up with but just made with whole foods and totally. it takes some time to experiment and figure out like what's good and want to tweak your own recipe and all that. But, um, once you got it down, like there's really nothing that we crave, we can't have like, 100%. If I'm craving, like you're saying, if you crave spaghetti, you can find a recipe yeah. that will taste amazing. Yeah. I used brown rice pasta. I love, you know, uh, yeah. brown rice pasta. So I used organic brown rice pasta and I mean, it was so easy. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. go to Pinterest or Google or whatever, or yeah. your website or my website. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and those um, cheesy potatoes you made. You oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. I love potatoes so much. <laughs> I, I swear I was a potato in a past life. <laughs> <laughs> a white potato, russet potato, sweet potato. Yeah. Definitely Yukon gold. Ooh, Yukon gold. They're Fancy. My favorite potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, I like, love this too. It, it changes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make some potatoes. We're we're going out of town um, tomorrow. is my husband's birthday. And okay. so we're going to go. Uh, my family has a, a beach house. It's my, my uncle and my aunts. And so we're going to go stay there for a couple of nights. But I'm, I want to make a bunch of food, obviously, before. So we don't have to like think about it. But one of the things I'm going to make is like, little smashed potatoes 
you know, which is like my thing now. I don't know why smashing them and then baking them is so much better, but it is. (laughs) They get like crispy on the Yes. Something about it is so good. Oh my gosh. It's the most satisfying thing I've ever put in my mouth. Yeah. I, um, I steam. I'm a, I'm a steamer. I love steaming everything. And yeah, quick question. Do you have a steamer that you recommend or do you use the basket? I use the little basket. I'm an old school basket girl. Yeah. I just, I'm always like, is there something better? Right. I know. More veggies in here. Yeah. I, I also have, so I got an instant pot and I think you can (laughs) steam them in the instant pot because it came with like a little, um, like a little shelf kind of thing mm-hmm. to put like your toma- potatoes on or whatever, but I have not tried that. The instant instant pot kind of intimidates me a little bit, but yeah. um, I don't know why. I feel like it's going to blow up on me or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a couple videos in the past of the, like the tops popping, like yeah. scary. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, no. we, we just still in our apartment. We don't have room for like We've thought about like air fryers. And there's just no room. Oh, there's not enough space. No, I can't yeah. put anything else in my house at this point. Yeah, I'm like, there's yeah. no more room for appliances. Yeah. Like, yeah. Old school. Right. You got a Vitamix and like, you know, your basic yeah. things. And yeah, I can't. Somebody was talking about the air fryer the other day and I was like, I don't have any more. Like I have, I have exhausted. When I got the Instant Pot, it was a surprise. And, and my first thought was like, where in the heck am I going to put this? <laughs> I just finally made... I've been, you know, I cook every single day, just about, I mean, not even just about every day. I cook every day. And I yeah. finally made the splurge purchase and got a Dutch oven, like <gasps> a nice Dutch oven. Yes. And, um, even now I'm like, gosh, like this has to sit on the stove. All yeah. The time. Right. Well, it looks pretty. So <laughs> when we have a bigger kitchen, I'll be able to, you know, have it out but like right now it just kind of takes a space but it's okay I love it I love it yeah yeah same I got a new like I got a new um two new pans and I just keep them on the on I the, first off I don't want them to get scratched <laughs> so I don't want to like stack them with the other stuff so I've just been like leaving them on top of the stove which you know whatever I mean they, I know, look, they nice. look pretty so I, I'm in the- cooking in them every day anyway so it's- exactly i use them literally every day so i might as well not put them away right, right. yeah 100%. yeah well this was so much fun i'm actually glad that the other one didn't work out um and we got to chat again yeah me too <laughs> yeah so what is what's on the horizon for you so do you are you taking clients do you take a lot of people with type 1 diabetes clients or well um right now you know things were kind of in this bit of a just waiting game because we thought yeah. we were going to be moving oh right not, and you know don't really know what's going to happen with kind of up in the air i know but um you know i not i mean i'm not not taking clients but i'm not really advertising that i'm taking gotcha. them on. i have a couple that i've been working with right now and that's been just a lot of fun especially because they're you know, some of my first real clients and it's nice. been good, but, um, I'm just really trying to work on putting out, you know, content that can hopefully help the yeah. diabetes community, no matter what kind of diabetes you have. And, um, just really trying to focus in on my blog and putting out content that hopefully is helpful for others. Absolutely. You know? And, um, 
that's really it. And then maybe I'm not really sure if we're gonna be moving or what. So it's it's kind Where of y'all y'all are moving back down south or yes, we are gonna yeah. move back down south because I'm okay. from Georgia. So we were hoping to move, you know, back that way, but uh, I don't Who know. Knows? Yeah. Now. <laughs> I know. That's kinda like us. I mean, we're I'm in the south, but I was trying to move west and now I don't know about that. So <laughs> I just day by day because at this point I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to have plans. With all the all of the states now are really doing different I know. things. So I know. we'll see where wherever things go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, this has been a pleasure. I will put all of your info in the show notes, your blog and your Instagram. So people can follow you, um, and get inspired by all the awesome stuff that you're posting. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was, it's really, uh, such a fun time talking with you. I feel like we have so much in common and it's kind of rare to find people who are on the same page as you. So it's been a a lot of fun. A hundred percent. I, as much as I can get annoyed with Instagram, I, it has connected me with so many amazing people who are, you know, on the same page as me or just align, you yeah. know, with, with so much. And I am really thankful for that for sure. So thank I you know, so I'm much. For it. You've taught me so much through your Instagram stories and oh, your thanks. podcast and like all your posts. I really do. Um, you know, again with you, I know sometimes social media can have kind of a negative totally. impact and stuff, but I really am so grateful for it, especially since I've moved away from all my friends and family. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, I've learned so much and met people and it's been great. So yeah, same. Awesome. Okie doke. Well, until next time, thanks again. Peace and plants. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>isn't Charlotte so great? I am so grateful that she and I connected on social media and that we were able to get this worked out and chat um, the second time. Second time's a charm, right? So be sure to follow Charlotte along on her Instagram and her blog and website. I will put all of that information in the show notes and a little bit of stats on diabetes. Um, It is a crazy epidemic that we have along with all other autoimmune diseases and illnesses that we are seeing in first world countries. They are called diseases of affluence because we see them in wealthier countries and not in the more poorer rural rural ones. I cannot say that word. Um, So 30 million people in the United States are affected, but uh, one out of four actually don't even know they have diabetes. One third of adults in the United States have prediabetes. And in the last 20 years, the number of adults diagnosed has doubled. Now, this is type 2. This is considered a lifestyle disease. Um, So 100% it is caused by lifestyle. Now, type 1, which is what Charlotte has, is uh, less. There are less cases, um, which she said there's about 10%. But that is increasing. So it's actually about 3.4% more cases each year of type 1 diabetes. So obviously there is something that we are doing for both of these uh, that are causing um, more cases and more issues. Um, Like we said, I think there's a lot of factors. I don't think it's just one thing, but certainly what we put in our bodies, um, you know, the way we live, 
the toxic um, environments that we live in, uh, all of these things certainly play a role. So just some food for thought, of course. Um, but of course, it's it's great to hear these stories and really be able to grasp the healing power of a whole food plant-based diet, which is the healthiest diet for basically all disease. So um, I'll leave you with that. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you so much um, following me along on this journey and listening to the podcast. Um, If you are enjoying these podcasts, you can uh, send me a little tip via tip link on my website. There is a little gold coin in the bottom right-hand corner. And this is really a great platform for anyone who has an online presence. Um, If you have any type of business, whether it's you're a writer or a blogger, musician, artist, whatever it is, uh, your supporters can tip you money. They can tip you a dollar, five dollars, whatever it is. Um, I think it can really revolutionize the way People make money on the internet because at this point, a lot of people are creating awesome content that is helpful and useful, but wouldn't it be great to be able to help them out a little bit for, uh, you know, enhancing your experience with the interwebs. So anyways, you can check that out. You can go to tiplink.com to learn more. Um, also follow me along on Instagram at the refined hippie. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website, therefinedhippie.com. I send out recipes and tips um, sort of regularly, but I'm still working on that. So be sure to check that out. And as always, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share to the podcast. It really helps with SEO and helping people find the podcast. Thank you for listening. And until next time, my lovely friends, peace and plants. (laughs) 